ignition running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Good evening. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. Full disclosure, I am in Memphis, Tennessee, and it has taken me all afternoon to scramble around and find where I was going to be able to get this show done. And we're having some technical issues, um, so we'll see if I can get phone calls. 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk is the number otherwise let's get into the roy moore situation from last night and here's what i want to do i was thinking about it while i was stuck in memphis traffic which by the way is terrible and trying to figure out how i wanted to do the show and what i decided i would do is kind of if you'll allow dive into the election we'll start at the surface and dive deeper into the ramifications and implications of the election. And let's just start here with the lay of the land now. We're now a 51-49 United States Senate, Republicans losing one seat. And here is the dynamic for next year, is the Democrats, in order to take back the Senate, needed to sweep all of their seats, save all of their contested seats next year, and pick up two Republican seats. That is what they needed to do. They no longer need to do that. All they have to do is pick up um, one seat. They can pick up the Arizona seat, or they can pick up the Nevada seat. And they're ahead in the polling in both. They are ahead of Dean Heller in Nevada. They are ahead of uh, whoever the Republican may be in Arizona. And the Steve Bannon coalition is running a lady in Arizona who believes in chemtrails. So things are looking better for the Democrats to be able to pick up the Senate next year. Um, pretty substantial burden for them going into it. Actually, I take that back. I misspoke. They, they need to pick up Arizona and uh, they need to pick up Nevada now, which is doable. Um, they no longer have to worry about Tennessee, um, so they can pick up, if they do Arizona and Nevada where they're ahead in the polls, they don't have to look for a wild card surprise in a place like Tennessee. So it's much more doable. The lay of the land this morning or this evening is that the Democrats now have a better shot. The Senate is definitely in play. The Senate would be in play anyway because of one of the factors in last night's election in Alabama. And before I do that, we need to step aside from this dive and explain again and again ad nauseum that special elections are different. There is only so much you can read into a special election, and many Democrats are working overtime today to read way more into the special election than they should be allowed to do. Um, essentially, what Alabama's election came down to last night as we touched the water in our deep dive uh, essentially, what it came down to is, as Ron Johnson, the senator from Wisconsin, said today, uh, Alabama, Alabama voters were opposed to having a senator who has a 30-year-old like to date teenagers. Whether you believe the allegations were credible or not about the child molestation, Roy Moore himself admitted he had dated teenagers as a 30-year-old. Roy Moore admitted one of his girlfriends was 16, and her parents knew, and that bothered a lot of people. It may not bother you, but remember what I always tell candidates. Know when you're in the minority, even when you think you're right. 
it may not have bothered you that a 30-something dated a 16-year-old in the late 70s. It bothered a lot of people. The exit polling shows it bothered senior citizens. It bothered young people. It bothered middle-aged people. It bothered white people. It bothered black people. It bited, it bothered, bited, it, it bothered people with college degrees. It bothered people without college degrees. It was a very close race in Alabama. Black voters turned out. It turns out that Roy Moore saying that we were better off back in the days of slavery, even though we had slavery, incited black voters. That was an unforced error. Uh, we'll delve further into this, but we got to start here at the basics, at the top of the water as we dive deep, and that is this is a special election. You can only read so much into a special election so special elections let's just establish this and make it undisputed here for our purposes special elections are special you can only read so much into special elections the thing that you have to see in special elections is what is a common denominator among multiple special elections the reason is because every special election has a different dynamic the voter turnout models tend to be different the dynamics tend to be different the candidates tend to be different the circumstances that necessitated the special election tend to be different so you can only read so much into them <clears throat> one of the things though that we can read into the special election is democratic enthusiasm democratic enthusiasm matters why because young voters we saw in the virginia elections which weren't special elections they were generally regularly scheduled gubernatorial and state legislative elections young people turned out we saw that in karen handel's race where the democrat was able to get 48 percent in a district that is very republican we've seen this in the other special elections here in georgia at the state level at the state legislative level we've seen this now in several other states where the republicans in republican areas saw a democratic wave of enthusiasm and that democratic wave of enthusiasm is going to be there next year you cannot say that this is a special election so nothing matters you cannot say that this is a special election and everything matters what you can say is find the common denominator between this and the other special elections and that common denominator is turnout model that common denominator is i shouldn't say turnout model i should say voter enthusiasm the voter enthusiasm model holds up across the general elections in virginia and the special elections nationwide democrats are much more enthusiastic now in this race you do have to separate out the allegations about roy moore it turns out that that did suppress some republican enthusiasm the Democrat, Doug Jones, who will be there until 2020, the Democrat, Doug Jones, won by a margin less than the number of write-in votes cast. A lot of Republicans couldn't stomach voting for Roy Moore. They still wanted to go vote, and they vote for a third-party candidate, or a write-in candidate, rather. That mattered in this election. Richard Shelby, the senator from Alabama, was on with Jake Tapper on CNN on Sunday encouraging people to do a write-in vote that neither candidate in his mind was an acceptable candidate. And he needed to send a signal and he wanted others to send a signal through the write-in process that neither candidate was acceptable. And he did it in a lot of Alabamans. He's highly respected in Alabama. They listened. People cast a lot of write-in votes. 4%, I think it was, 4% of the election wound up being write-in votes. That's a pretty sizable percentage point. It was more votes cast for the write-in candidate than separated Roy Moore from Doug Jones. This was a big deal. The massive Democratic wave appears to be building nationwide. Republicans cannot dismiss this Democratic wave. 
They can't dismiss it because we're seeing it crop up in every election now. We are seeing it crop up in Republican special elections. We're seeing it crop up in Democrat special elections. And we're seeing it crop up in places like Virginia having their statewide elections in an off year. This is a pretty significant wave that appears to be building. For the first time, the Democrat generic ballot tops out over 15 percentage points higher than the Republicans. That is a huge and significant percentage point. For example, the Republican wave that happened in 2010 was a seven-point lead. The Republican wave in 2014 was an 11-point lead. This is a sizable Democratic wave coming, and Republicans need to take steps to mitigate it and there are steps that they can take and we can read some of that even though again this is a special election what do they have in common denominators we can read some of the mitigating factors and mitigating steps republicans can take in this and other special elections and it's things they're not doing i'll tell you what they are when we come back Hello there. I am back uh, from Memphis, no less. I'll tell you in a little while why I'm in Memphis. Uh, downtown Memphis, a very nice, chilly day here. Man, so, you know, Delta bought Northwest, and Northwest had a huge hub in Memphis. Delta has largely wound it down. It is a ghost town. This airport that I was at this morning, it's huge because it has a big FedEx hub, so it's got um, massive cargo size runways, but it is a ghost town airport. It is an amazing thing. Now, why am I in Memphis? Well, so my we usually get together for Thanksgiving for my family. My brother-in-law hurt his back. He's having to have back surgery tomorrow. And so I volunteered to come over here because there was a studio I could use to do the show. Um, so I could do the show, and it's not far from where it's on about 45-minute drive uh, from where my sister lives. So came over to help out with the family and help them tomorrow while he's having his surgery. He'll be overnight in the hospital, but everybody's well. He's expected to make a full recovery. It's just going to be a difficult surgery for him tomorrow. And I was happy to be able to do it because I haven't seen them all year, so... Anyway, um, prayers appreciated. I will. I think I'm going home Saturday. So I'll be doing the show every day here from Memphis. Hopefully we'll be able to get these technical difficulties resolved. Nonetheless, uh, you'll have me, even if you don't have yourself calling in. When we come back, I want to continue the exploration of the Roy Moore race, what happened, what we can draw from it, why the Democrats are excited, uh, why Republicans are pessimistic, and why Republicans were cheering on Roy Moore's defeat last night. And that should be obvious. Listen. I think, like with the Trump election in 2016, I have damaged some friendships because I didn't support Roy Moore. And I, I got to tell you guys, I am really damn aggravated of losing friends or causing disruptions in friendships over politics in this country when I see largely eye-to-eye -eye with the people, but because I'm not going to support their chosen candidate, um, somehow I am now a terrible person, a traitor, a sellout, or whatnot— I am sorry, but one, I got to question our overall friendship if that's the case. Uh, and two, you are making an idol of politicians. If you are willing to blow up a friendship because of a race, we are all sinners. And the fact is, the allegations, whether you want to admit it or not, they were credible. And you don't have to believe me that they were credible. Believe the people in Alabama. More than 50% of the, the voters in the exit polls showed uh, that people believed the allegations, that the allegations were credible. 
By the way, a good number of those people who believe the allegations, they still voted for Roy Moore because of the life issue. It is amazing what Democrats could probably do in the South if they suddenly re-embraced being a pro-life party or at least allowing pro-lifers into their party, but they're not going to do that. It's a point Van Jones made last night on CNN I want to get to when we come back. It's Eric Erickson here, 39 after the hour. The phone number, 404-872-0750, wsb talk We'll see if we can make that happen. You can get me on social media, though. You can go to Twitter or Facebook at E.W. Erickson, even Instagram at E.W. Erickson. By the way, so I was having a, a, a very, very heated discussion with God last night about an issue that I will discuss with you all at some point when I'm ready. Um, we were having a very heated discussion. And I, you know, you, you shouldn't test your creator, but I, I at least insisted that he needed to reassure me uh, that everything was going to be okay in the situation. And suddenly, I, I mean, I am, I'm coming around, what is it, Old Dixie Highway curve there on the south side of the city headed up towards the airport. And at first I thought a plane was crashing. I mean, it was coming straight down and then realized it was a giant meteorite. Uh, huge shooting star. I don't know if any of you saw that shooting star last night on the south side. Well, I mean, from my vantage point, it was on the south side, um, south of the airport. It was gorgeous. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. But it was quick. I mean, maybe maybe a second. But a huge trail. And there's a big meteor shower tonight. If you look to the eastern sky towards the constellation Gemini, and at 2 a.m. will be the peak, but the moon's going to be up, so um, it's going to cause problems. Before midnight, though, you should still be able to see the meteor shower, and you can see them in, inside the city. Um, it, there are enough of them bright enough you'll be able to see them. So anyway, um, God calmed my mind last night with the shooting star, as he tends to do. Now, Van Jones was on CNN last night. And he made a good point. Van Jones makes lots of good points. There is, I think, a issue, an issue, I should say, with the Democrats ramping up the purity of their party, uh, progressive sweepstakes. Doug Jones is a progressive pro-abortion Democrat. But Doug Jones campaigned as a conservative Democrat. And a lot of progressives nationally wouldn't support him. They didn't just support him because they believed he would lose to Roy Moore. They didn't support him after the allegations of child molestation and whatnot came out about Roy Moore. And they didn't. Now, some Hollywood celebrities did, but uh, overall, the progressive movement did not support Doug Jones because they did not believe he was sufficiently with them. And the point that Van Jones was making last night is if you, if you let the Democrats win regionally, with candidates who fit their region, you're still going to have a Democratic majority in Congress that will agree with you on 95% of the things you want. 5% of the things they probably won't. But are you willing to give that all up? And increasingly, there are Democrats who are. Now, of course, there are Tea Party comparisons of blah, 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 blah. I get that. I totally get that. There are some things I don't believe you should compromise on, and I, I'm willing to, to fight to the death on them. Uh, life issues being one of them. But, 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 but. Democrats, even in the South, running against Ted Cruz in Texas and the like, they're trying to find super progressive left-wing candidates who aren't going to sell. In the same way, by the way, I do have to say Republicans, for example, in Virginia, in their Senate race in Virginia this coming year, are looking at some, some wackadoo diehards. And now listen, I am conservative. I am absolutely conservative. I am pro-life. I am Christian. 
I want small government. I oppose so much of what Mitch McConnell does, and he is largely to blame for Alabama. We'll get into that in a little bit. But you've got to have sane candidates. And that is another lesson that matters in Alabama, is that the quality of the candidate matters. Here's the thing for you Roy Moore supporters. Roy Moore has run statewide numerous times and has never been able to win a Republican primary. He did this time because of the attack on Mo Brooks and the fact that uh, Luther Strange was damaged goods from the Governor Brantley situation or Bentley situation. But he's otherwise never won. He's never been a strong candidate. Even when he was on the ballot in 2012, for example, he vastly underperformed Mitt Romney. That's something you have to think about here. One of the lessons that you can take away for next year is that candidates do matter. And this is going to be a problem for the Steve Bannon wing of the party where already the PR apparatus of the establishment led by Mitch McConnell is out there that Steve Bannon's candidates are crazy. And he does nothing to help himself with Roy Moore or or Kelly, what's her name, Kelly Ward out in Arizona or Michael Grimm up in New York who is in jail. These candidates, he may want to burn the party to the ground, but the party's going to fight back. There's another issue we do need to take away from Alabama, and that is that the president can run as the president and no one else can. One of my overarching criticisms with Roy Moore, whether the allegations were true or not, is how he campaigned in the wake of the allegations. For days, he did not release a statement. He did not aggressively get on the campaign trail. And it's true, it was a small campaign, and they were shell-shocked by the allegations. That is very true. But they did not aggressively respond. And when they did, he gave a rather embarrassing interview on Sean Hannity, causing Hannity to kind of distance himself a little bit, some would say. Uh, the, The statement that he needs to put up or shut up, forcing the bizarre press conference with his attorneys and everything. The whole thing was just handled poorly by the Moore campaign. And you need to be able to concede that. Whether you want to or not, conceded. He handled it poorly. He should have really aggressively pushed back against this without having to attack the accusers. But instead, he decided this is not conduct. He worded it very well. He didn't say no. In fact, one of the senators I talked to who was willing to stand with Roy Moore called him and Moore admitted to having dated teenagers in his 30s. And then instead of the the, uh, kid-touching allegations that this is not conduct he would recall himself ever doing, he didn't say no, not, not conduct I would recall myself ever doing. Just say no. Now, if you say, well, this is just the way he is and whatnot, okay, but concede it's weird for most people, even in politics. And then he doubled down and started attacking reporters and changing facts. He went from admitting he knew the accusers to saying he never knew them, had never met them, didn't know anything about them. Um, He changed up facts. He did a Donald Trump. And what we are seeing in this election, as we have seen in other elections, is that only Donald Trump can do Donald Trump. It doesn't work for other candidates. He is the Republican Obama. Democrats don't like when you say it, but it's true. Barack Obama could get away with things other than Democrats couldn't. Donald Trump can get away with things other Republicans couldn't, including doubling down, changing stories, and beating up the press. It didn't work for Roy Moore because he's not Donald Trump, and Republican candidates need to remember that. I did put a pretty extensive gift list of things at theresurgent.com if you want to find uh, my Christmas gift suggestions for people, including some of the cookbooks that I have uh, discovered this year that I really, really like. Uh, Some good stuff out there. Also... You need to know that the Justice Department has begun 
a pursuit of the Planned Parenthood fetal tissue issue, which is good. Uh, This is one of those things where elections do matter. And in fact, the administration has decided to pursue this after the Obama administration not only did that, but encouraged a couple of states to try to prosecute uh, those people who videotaped it. So this is moving forward. It is a good thing from the Jeff Sessions Department of Justice. And yes, Jeff Sessions, that would be the Jeff Sessions who gave up his seat in Alabama, which is now going to be held by a Democrat. By the way, I got to say, Democrats are outraged that Doug Jones probably isn't going to be sworn in until next year, the beginning of next year. That's what happened with Scott Brown. It takes some time. Why? Because you have to certify the election and then you've got to transmit it. The secretary of state has to do the transmittal to Congress and then Congress has to recognize it. And then there has to be a date arranged to get the vice president there to swear you in. Um, This is something that takes a little bit of time. It's not something you do overnight. And Democrats are suddenly trying to revise history to claim that the Republicans are trying to shut out uh, Doug Jones from the Senate and nothing further is happening. This happens all the time. It takes about a month to do the certification process, the notice and everything else. Um, And yeah, the Republicans are going to try to run through the tax reform before the end of the year. I will bring you the latest on tax reform when we come back and some other thoughts on uh, Roy Moore and Alabama, including why Mitch McConnell does deserve some of the blame, even though people are covering for him. And we're back. The second hour, Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB, coming to you from Memphis, Tennessee, here helping with some family issues while my brother-in-law has back surgery. I will be back in studio in Atlanta on Monday. I'll be here, though, doing the show the rest of the week. I rarely get to come to Memphis. It is a neat place. Um, More on that later, though. Before we get into anything else, and there are a number of other things I do want to talk about today, including the latest on the Republican tax plan, um, there are some issues that I think we should probably go through here, and let's just walk through the chain of events. And all I'm going to do here, I'm going to present to you the chain of events And you can decide for yourself what you think. So Donald Trump gets elected president in November of 2016. He becomes president of the United States January 20th. He gets Jeff Sessions of Alabama to be his U.S. attorney or attorney general. While this is happening, Alabama is embroiled in the scandal of its governor who has been having an affair with a lobbyist. Uh, and has been bullying people into covering it up and whatnot. Um, And so in the process of this, the Alabama legislature begins impeachment proceedings. The Attorney General of Alabama, a man named Luther Strange, convinces Alabama that they should, the Alabama legislature, to postpone the impeachment proceedings while he is investigating the governor. The governor then, once the impeachment proceedings are postponed, names Luther Strange to be Jeff Sessions's replacement. He did not have to appoint Luther Strange, but no Republicans advised against it uh, for seeming impropriety. Luther Strange goes to Washington and himself is dogged by allegations 
that he has behaved improperly in the impeachment matter in order to get the seat, and other members of the state legislature come forward and accuse Luther Strange of participating in corrupt deeds. One says he witnessed a bribe and said nothing, among other things, all sorts of allegations. They're unproven, but they were out there and they were gaining traction in the Alabama media. The governor of Alabama resigns, and the new governor, Kay Ivey, instead of letting Luther Strange play this out through 2018, uh, when they could then have a special election in 2018, or letting him serve, I believe she had the option of letting him serve out Jeff Sessions' term. Uh, I don't hold me to that one. I know she could have had the election in the general election year of 2018. I believe I read that she also could have just let him continue finishing out the service of Jeff Sessions' term. That may not be right, but I know for certain uh, she could have appointed him and let him serve out through the 2018 general election. But instead what she did is she decided to have an early special election in 2017, when there was nothing else on the ballot, knowing there would be low turnout. That's where we start this process. And then it gets crazier from there. Yep, I looked it up. 17th Amendment. Uh, when vacancies happen in the representation of any state in the Senate, the executive authority of such state shall issue writs of election to fill such vacancies, provided that the legislature of any state may empower the executive thereof to make temporary appointments until the people fill the vacancies by election as the legislature may direct. And so Alabama law is they could have waited until the next general election. Uh, so they could have waited until 2018 when there were more people turning out anyway, which is also a cost-saving measure. So we have this situation. Luther Strange goes to Washington. K. Ivey calls a special election in 2017. And then you get the D.C. Republicans involved. There's a guy in the House of Representatives, Mo Brooks. He's a member of the House Freedom Caucus. The Senate Republican leader, Mitch McConnell, has a leadership pack which has sworn to fight off any member of the House Freedom Caucus moving over to the Senate. So they don't just go into Alabama and support Luther Strange. They go in and destroy Mo Brooks, who at the very beginning is polling well. And they pour money into the race against Mo Brooks. And they publicly say, the leadership pack of Mitch McConnell does publicly admit and acknowledge that they believe Roy Moore would be easier to beat in a runoff. And they think Roy Moore can get into the runoff and they want to ensure Luther Strange gets there with him. The calculation by the leadership pack was that it was either going to be more in, in Brooks or it was going to be more in Strange, more likely than not. Uh, on the off chance that it was Strange versus Mo Brooks, they knew that Brooks would beat Strange in the runoff. They had polling to show him, so they poured money in to make sure that Brooks didn't make the runoff and Strange and Moore did. They get into the runoff and they try to attack Roy Moore, but... Roy Moore proves invulnerable because Luther Strange by this point is dogged by the allegations of corruption and also for his support of Mitch McConnell. Because this came as the Senate Republicans were pledging to repeal Obamacare, Mitch McConnell pledging to repeal it root and branch, and then failing to do so. Polling suggests that in the runoff, Mitch McConnell became a big issue, as did standing up for Donald Trump's agenda. It is true. 
Donald Trump supported Luther Strange, but the polling in Alabama showed that most voters believed that Roy Moore would be the person more likely to stand for Donald Trump's agenda, and they believed Donald Trump was just going through the motions. They didn't really believe that Donald Trump wanted Luther Strange. So Roy Moore becomes the candidate. The Republicans in Washington pledge not to help him. There is credible suspicion in Washington that Mitch McConnell actively wants to undermine Roy Moore because he believes Roy Moore would hurt the Republicans. And also, Roy Moore continued on the campaign trail to promise he would vote against Mitch McConnell as leader of the Senate. McConnell doesn't like that. And then the allegations blow up about child molestation. McConnell is the first Republican senator in Washington to come out and disown Roy Moore and say he should step aside. Other senators follow. Eventually, Donald Trump says that the Republican National Committee is going to support Roy Moore. The National Republican Senatorial Committee, led by Cory Gardner, refuses to help Roy Moore, says they will not help Roy Moore. We get to Election Day. The Moore campaign has had a just ham-fisted response to the allegations. He himself has now gone out on the campaign trail and said the nation was better off in the days of slavery. He, he, he disowned slavery, you should know. He did say slavery was bad, but that we were otherwise a better nation in the age of slavery. That fired up black voters. The entire campaign was a disaster. Republican after Republican after Republican made mistakes. Mitch McConnell was driven by ego. Steve Bannon advised the president that it would be okay to put Jeff Sessions in. No one could foresee the level of angst about removing a U.S. senator when you've only got 52 seats. No one could see that might present a problem because it was Alabama. Mitch McConnell just convinced himself it would be really easy to beat Roy Moore in the runoff, Kay Ivey decided that it would be perfectly fine to have a low turnout runoff. Uh, the, the former governor, he, I mean, he was already out of his mind anyway with what he was doing, but was convinced there wouldn't be any problem at all putting the Alabama attorney general, a controversial person already dogged by allegations of corruption in the Senate. Republicans across the board, it wasn't one person, Republicans across the board screwed up the race. Ego bad decision-making, tone deafness. It plagued them throughout and ultimately got them the situation where they are. And now they have 51 seats and it becomes even easier for the Democrats to take the Senate next year. And guess what? If Anthony Kennedy doesn't retire, the Republicans, well, they may see Chuck Schumer never vote to confirm anyone else from a Republican nominee. And they'll watch as Donald Trump is president and they lose the Supreme Court in addition to the Senate. I want to say one last thing about Alabama, and then I want to move on to the other news. I can't emphasize this enough because we're already seeing it on the campaign trail, and that is candidates trying to emulate the president on the campaign trail. 
that they want to be the next Donald Trump. They want to behave like Donald Trump. They want to attack the press like Donald Trump. They want to double down on things like Donald Trump. They think they can change the facts on stories like Donald Trump. There is only one Donald Trump, and the Roy Moore campaign tried to be Donald Trump on the campaign trail. They tried to campaign like the president, and it worked for the president in the same way Barack Obama could do things others couldn't do and get away with it. Donald Trump can do things others can't do and get away with it. That's just life. Life ain't fair. Neither is politics. And Roy Moore couldn't get away with what Donald Trump did. You've got to remember, folks, that in 2012, when Roy Moore was last on the ballot in Alabama, he underperformed Mitt Romney significantly across the state, including in his home county. That's a warning sign. Candidates matter. And you can't be Donald Trump. There is only one Donald Trump. Candidates matter. I cannot emphasize that enough, folks. They really do. Now, when we come back, I want to move on to other stuff because we've got the tax plan before the House and Senate Conference Committee. We've got the, well, the free speech rallies that are beginning to happen. And by the way, where is the violence in the Middle East? Because we were told there was going to be violence in the Middle East. So where is that violence? And we got the FBI agent who we now have his text messages, thousands of texts where he was begging the FBI to begin an investigation into Russia against President Trump to as an insurance policy in case Trump somehow won the election. We'll get in. Well, I'll see how much of that we can get to when we come back. I may have to take the FBI agent tomorrow, given the clock. We got to talk about that story this week, though. It is turning into a huge story, but not as huge, unfortunately, as the special election last night. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here on WSB live from Memphis, Tennessee. I want to explain to you why I'm not touching a story tonight because it is a big story and I want to acknowledge the significance of the story and explain to you why I am not uh, going there yet. The Department of Justice has provided Congress with hundreds of texts between the former uh, Robert Mueller team agent Peter Sturzak and his supposed mistress, uh, the Washington Examiner says alleged mistress, Lisa Page. I don't know. He's the agent on Mueller's team. He was demoted for critical messages about President Trump uh, in multiple exchanges. He worked at the FBI. Um, now, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein has said there is nothing to show that Robert Mueller should be disciplined or fired for this. Um, but we do see messages that are pretty damning, I think, uh, between the individuals uh, and very partisan, very partisan. There's a reason that I'm not willing to engage the story yet. Well, actually, there are two. I take it back. One is the limited time we have in the rest of the show. I needed to get through Alabama first. But there's another reason, and that is I have reason to believe this story is going to be developing overnight. And some of what I say now may change uh, in the overnight hours uh, that there are processing of the text messages, including some additional text messages. And I would rather wait and talk about the story tomorrow and let it play out through the night anyway. Um, so know that it's there. You can go online and find it. Stick with WSB. We'll be covering it pretty, pretty thoroughly as well. But before we get to anything else, uh, we do need to let you know the Republicans say they have a deal on the tax bill. Instead of lowering the tax rate to 20%, they'll lower it to 21%. 
uh, from the current 35% rate. They will also reduce the upper income tax rate to 37% from 39.6%. The rate will kick in for levels below the million-dollar cutoff outlined in the House of the Senate plan. Above a million dollars in annual income, uh, you will see no benefit from the tax plan because the Republicans don't want to be accused of giving the rich a huge tax break. Now, the problem here is in the details because as we're seeing, there were some typos in the original plan that caused a 100% tax rate. And the GOP is trying to fix those and reconcile things and get it done before the end of the year. And they want to get it done before the end of the year because of the Luther Strange situation with Doug Jones coming in. We got a 5149 situation in the Senate. The Senate tax plan passed 5149 last time. Bob Corker voting against it. And Susan Collins was only on board because certain changes were made, including expanding the medical expense deduction uh, that they were reining in. So they got to get this done quickly. Now, you've you've got to understand that The Democrats are trying to build pressure with the sympathetic media saying the Republicans should stop this until Doug Jones comes in. But the Republican perfect rejoinder is that the Democrats did not stop pushing Obamacare after Ted Kennedy died. Uh, As Scott Brown was elected, clearly the voters of Massachusetts uh, turning to the right, um, the Democrats paid no attention to it. And they went on without uh, Scott Brown in the Senate trying to get everything done as best they could. So... That being said, the Republicans have a good rejoinder whether or not they use it, uh, but they are trying to do this by the end of the year. I suspect they will get it done. Uh, They're not really doing a lot for the middle class, and I can't say enough that this tax plan really is a corporate tax bill. They're throwing in enough individual tax breaks so that they can pick up enough votes to get it passed because there are some senators, moderate Republicans, who don't want to be run as as uh, pawns of corporations in 2018, but they all know and the Democrats all know the corporate tax rate in the United States is too high and is chasing business abroad. So they've got to do something, and this is the best way the Republicans think they can do it. I think they could probably do more, but privately a lot of Republicans will acknowledge they are being hindered by the president. And what I mean by that is the president doesn't tend to have message discipline. He tends to go off message, and every time he speaks, he tends to drum up opposition, including from some Republicans because of how badly he goes off message. So they're largely having to do this on their own in not very friendly circumstances. I get that. But still, they control everything. They should be able to do better. By the way, this is actually somewhat related to the tax bill, um, although on its surface, it doesn't look like it. Uh, Omarosa Manigault Newman, uh, she's been with the president for a while. She's leaving the White House uh, in January. Uh, she leaves behind, uh, well, Dina Powell, who was the deputy national security advisor of the president. She's leaving as well. A number of others are leaving. Uh, this is John Kelly continuing to clean house, and he believes that the Alabama Senate race has given him more capital to spend inside the White House on cleaning things up. He is very intent on cleaning up the White House. So um, part of it as well is is he's using what happened in the Alabama Senate race to show the president that to get his agenda passed, he's got to be able to get rid of some of these Trump loyalists. Omarosa has had a number of unflattering profiles that weren't intended, by the way, to be unflattering. It's just nobody in the White House knew what she did, and several reporters she invited in to 
to cover her, to follow her without permission. So all she did was plan weddings. It didn't go over well. Kelly's been trying to get her out for a while. And he's using the Alabama race to the president saying, these people advised you to go with strange, you lost. Then they told you to double down on more, you lost. And now you're going to lose tax reform. You've already lost Obamacare. you got to let me do my job. And it looks like it's working. Uh, the president respects John Kelly. And if John Kelly says this needs to happen, the president's going to do it. And it's not really a bad thing, if I'm quite honest with you. Some of these people were hangers-on. They've ne- they're now able to say they've worked in the White House, but it's time for them to go. And we got to let General Kelly be General Kelly so that the president can be the president as best he can. Kelly, by the way, is telling people he's just flat out started ignoring the president's Twitter feed. The president, uh, I, he continues, I think, to incite people more than he helps himself with his Twitter feed. But it's not going to change. He's in his 70s, set in his ways. Um, this is the new normal in Washington. I need an update to the story I just told you about. Omarosa uh, leaving the White House. A buddy of mine texted me the story during the break. Um, She may have been escorted out of the White House shouting profanities after being told she was being fired. She wasn't just resigning. The White House, Sarah Sanders, said she was going to be gone next month. Um, But according to April Ryan, uh, who reports for American Urban Radio Network, Omarosa did not resign. She was escorted out of the building and off campus, meaning off the White House grounds. She was very upset, said she wanted to speak to the president. According to sources, General Kelly said the president was already informed and he signed off. Sources say General Kelly did the firing. Omarosa is alleged to have acted very vulgar, cursed a lot, said she helped elect the president. The word is General Kelly had it and got rid of her. Uh, Kelly has been seething, I can tell you from other people, he's been seething over her letting reporters into the White House to follow her around without permission. Um, You should also know that April Ryan, the reporter, uh, she and Omarosa Manigault are former friends, but they've had, well, disputes while in the White House. Uh, They've clashed several times, even though they used to be friends, so interesting update to this story uh, that I missed a little while ago. All right, folks, I, again, I'm in Memphis. Your, your prayers appreciated for my brother-in-law and sister's family as he has big back surgery tomorrow. Uh, ruptured a disc and bone fragments have impinged his sciatic nerve. They have to clear out painful stuff. Um, so that's why I'm in Memphis. I'll be back this weekend. At least they live out in the country, uh, north of Memphis, way out in the middle of nowhere, no city lights. I intend to stay out tonight and freeze my patuki off watching the meteor shower. I encourage you guys, if you can get outside, um, before midnight, uh, sometime after 9 p.m., look to the east, to the constellation Gemini. You can get one of those constellation apps on your phone. Look for the star caster because that's where the, uh, star, the, the meteor shower is going to radiate from. And you should be in for a show. The Geminid uh, meteor shower tends to produce about 120 uh, shooting stars an hour. Many of them will be very faint, but this one promises. I mean, I saw one in, in uh, by the airport last night with all the city lights, so I highly recommend it. Uh, and I will be back with you guys from Memphis tomorrow afternoon. Or evening, I guess I should say. All right, I'm done. Sorry, my brain's fried traveling all day. See you guys tomorrow.